0: Well, hey, it's Seth, and I'm here with one of our Church Com Team partners, Josh Caro, who works as a comms director at Fairfield Baptist Church. Thanks for being here, man. I would love to hear what has been good about working with Church Com Team.
1: Yeah, so probably the the most that I've I've enjoyed is just the amount of knowledge and wisdom that I've gained from the comm side and just really messing that with uh, ministry. We realize that if there is not a good, efficient, internal process of how it all works of how we're able to see the same vision and to communicate that then we can't do that to each ministry
0: well that's awesome to hear because it is really important to us to make sure that you guys are communicating uh, clearly and powerfully but also connecting everything to your ministry and what's going on in the life of the church so um that's incredible to hear thank you so much for your time man and it's really a privilege to get to work with you guys amen same whether you're starting from scratch or you're trying to grow, ChurchCom Team can help you with your communications at your church. Go to churchcomteam.com and request a free consultation today.
1: We feel like that the biblical model of church is everybody comes together and creates an experience that is unique and better because of everybody's participation there. Church Online is not a, a Hebrews 10 issue, it's a Mark 16 issue where Jesus says, Go into all the world and, and preach the good news.
0: A big part of how we define success moving forward is to recognize that the people online have value and they are truly members of our congregation.
1: Culture everywhere within society has adapted, yet we, the church, are still stuck in this 2020, and is it even really working?
0: So, hey, why are we going back to that again? I think organizations and churches that have the ability to dream and haven't been able to actually execute, like, this is where you have the chance to fail forward. So welcome to the seminary of Hard Knocks. Every church is asking the same question these days. Can we reach more people where they are? How can we inspire them to follow Jesus? What can we do to grow or grow our people? How can we communicate what God is doing in our church and city right here, right now? And it's a little weird how in that conversation sometimes that photography is not brought up in how we solve that problem. It's the answer, or at least part of the answer to a lot of those questions. Photography allows people to visit your church before actually visiting your church. It tells a story of who you are, not only how you dress or where things kind of are in location of the geography of your lobby, it might actually help you by functioning as the first step of your first impressions process in a way and it can help you gain traction with you know robots governing the internet as well with having better content on social media and on your website. Uh, Your online existence is so important and having a visual version of yourself out there for people to find is very important and gets better play than a typical graphic might. According to the church marketing strength assessment conducted by leaders.church of over 2,000 churches, 80% of rapidly growing churches note that they are constantly capturing and sharing great photography. It's also important to note that 32% of churches in decline say they do the same. So it is a factor, but it may not be a huge factor, but I'm going to say it's a pretty big factor. It's important to get your photography and your visuals It puts a face on your church and your theology for those who don't yet attend, and it reminds those who do attend what you're about, because it's easy to drift if you've been there a while. However, many churches don't have a photographer, regular up-to-date photos, or a place to even store these photos, much less tagging systems and ways to find what you're looking for in these vast Dropbox folders of things. So the solution's obvious, though it may not be so easy create a photography team and process, and don't you dare name it, focus. My guest today is a prime example of how photography teams can enhance your ministry in the digital age of online connections. Uh, Zach Zamora has been the creative and communications pastor at New Life Church in Corpus Christi, Texas for the last 10 years. He spent that time developing a top-notch team of photography volunteers, and their Instagram and website can prove it. Go check it out. If you want to connect with them on Instagram, go to at New Life Corpus, that's C-O-R-P-U-S, or New Life Corpus South, or at New Life Corpus YA, that's their young adults, on Instagram. Or you can visit them on the web at NewLifeCorpus.com. And uh, I hope you all will welcome my guest, Zach Zamora. Hey, man, how's it going? Welcome to the show.
1: Pretty good, man. I'm excited to be here.
0: Yeah. Tell us a little bit about your church and uh, we, we kind of have a lot of connections. You know, we know a lot of the same people didn't know that and we're meeting each other for the first time here. So it's interesting to get connected on Facebook and like, see, we actually kind of know each other a little bit. Yeah. We've been around the same circles. <laughs> yeah, uh, It's really, really cool. I went to your websites and your stuff. And like I said, it's, it's great. And I want to get into that, but first just tell us, tell us about your church. Tell us about you a little bit.
1: Yeah. Uh, man, I'm, uh, 33 years old, married for six years now. I have a five month old daughter. She's awesome. Talia and my wife, Haley, uh, but, uh, yeah, we've, I've been at new life for coming up on 10 years and have absolutely loved it. We've gone through a massive amount of change as a church. When I got to the church, we actually were, um, about 600 people. And, uh, I was actually hired as a worship pastor not as a creative guy at all. And, oh, no um, kind of, yeah, slowly began to migrate towards that. And, uh we were growing like crazy and it just got to a point where there's no possible way to do both effectively, you know? And so, um, my pastor, pastor, Mike just gave me the latitude to be able to choose. And he said, you pray about it, choose which one you want to do creative or worship. I'll hire the other one. Don't worry about it. You know? And so that was, that was a really, really cool gesture from him, you know? <laughs> so yeah, a, a whole lot of prayer and just kind of began to, um, feel my heart drawn more and more towards creativity and towards, um, photo video design, you know, all that kind of stuff. And, um, the Lord's been faithful to us, man. We've seen uh, extreme growth um, over the last few years and, um, just really an outpouring of, of the Holy spirit really since 2018, we kind of marked a pretty significant change for our church and really began to just go after the Lord and we've, we've seen him come through. So it's been, it's been really, really, really
0: powerful. Yeah. That's great. I love Corpus Christi. I've been there. Back when I worked into church in DFW, we actually took regular mission trips to Corpus Christi and Galveston. We took our junior high team there and got to go to like a minor league hooks game. Yeah. And that was super fun. Yeah. Like, uh, it was fun. That's a nice ballpark too. (laughs) Oh my gosh. We, we rented the, it was a big church. So we rented the, like, it was one of those mission trips. It's like, kind of mission trip kind of vacation you know like one of those yeah and so for our fun night we went to a hooks game and then we got the right field lazy river picnic area rented just for us yes yes oh it was great it was so great (laughs) but it was i did feel guilty i gotta be honest i did feel guilty (laughs) like we're on a mission trip we're dealing with people that don't have homes and here we are in the lazy river but but it was a great ball field i mean all that to say
1: yeah it's a good city man it's it's growing like crazy and yeah. God's moving. It's awesome. Yeah.
0: Corpus Christi is kind of becoming that coastal metro area for Texas. If people didn't know, a lot of people moving there.
1: There's a there's a really big branding push actually from the city. Funny story, a couple of the people who are on who were on my team um have gone to go work for the city and are now like in charge of branding and graphics and marketing and all that kind of stuff and are absolutely kidding the And they just rolled out, um, this new campaign, the, the Gulf coast capital is the, is the new Corpus very Christi cool. kind of thing. So
0: yeah. Very cool. Yeah. So Corpus is a, is a place that is experiencing a lot of growth. Um, very diverse population, um, very diverse church. You have just very, the visuals are going to be needed, right? So that's the, uh, the picture of <laughs> Corpus Christi would like for you to paint, to paint for you. So your website, your social, you guys, you've been communication director there for a bit. I'm assuming that covers websites, social media, creative visuals, and services, sermon graphics, yeah. all that kind We're of right stuff. We're right in
1: the middle of a website redo. So you'll probably see it in about a month and a half, two months. It'll roll out. Yeah.
0: Oh, so by mm-hmm. the time this is out, your new one will be out.
1: Yeah, probably. Yeah. So yeah. That mm-hmm. is, so go
0: check it out. That's Fall exciting. goes well. Fall goes yeah, well. <laughs> fingers, fingers crossed. So, I I can tell like photography is a big deal and you yourself are a photographer right mm-hmm. So you drive that and you kind of get that world Tell me about the value you place in photography what role does it play in ministry why is it important like why do you go so hard on on photos
1: Yeah I mean I uh I love the intro that you had it it totally resonates with me and with kind of just our philosophy as a creative team and as, even as a church um I tell all of our team you know every time we come together in some fashion or form that they are, you know, 2021 digital evangelists, you know, you're, you're an evangelist with the camera, you know, Mm -hmm. um, it's so true that the new front door is not your front door or even the outside of your building. The new front door is social media and, uh, increasingly so your website, I feel like, and you probably have a better example of this, but I feel like websites kind of began to take a little bit of a, of a backseat to social media a few years ago. And then now they've since you know the since the pandemic and all that kind of stuff, it's skyrocketed. So yeah,
0: well, why note, were we doing ours? <laughs> side note: Social media is kind of shooting itself in the foot by yeah. doing yeah. what it does to to post and your algorithm. It's just I'm, mm-hmm. I had conversations today with clients from Church Com Team, and just like I just don't know if I can justify working so hard for posts on your Facebook page anymore. Mm-hmm. So yeah. hard, like we're gonna we're gonna do it. You gotta have that real estate staked out, but you're right. The yeah. website is something you own. It represents mm-hmm. you. They, they're they not going to shut that down. If they do, they have to pay you for it. You know, yeah, for sure. So yeah, true.
1: I mean, photography for us has just been a really, really big emphasis primarily because we were able to showcase like what God is doing in our, in our church. I think that's like step one or that's like the first reason why we're like, man, we need photos of this. Like we have to, we have to share, we have to show people, you know, um, whether it is just like a a weekend recap or uh, whether it's like capturing a testimony video of somebody who got healed during one of our services or anything like that. Um, Photography and video and all that kind of stuff is just so, so important. And then secondly, I guess one of the reasons why we've kept on it is because the algorithms reward you for it like crazy. I was actually having a conversation with my pastor a couple of days ago about specifically that, like we will go through and every once in a while, we'll post a graphic or we just need to get information out there really quickly to the rest of the church or something. And I mean, and you're talking like 30% of the engagement, maybe, you know, that you would see on a photo post right next to it, you know, that we posted something photography related or just with people in it, smiling, laughing, getting baptized at the altar, whatever couple hours later and it's hundreds of likes versus something that is graphic related that was like 50 likes you know, and so it's just uh we just see so much more uh bang for the buck or or you know it's a better use of resources honestly to just focus on photo
0: it's definitely worth the time putting together a team getting it done you know because you, you talk about the algorithm rewards it the people reward it by engaging with it more it's just more engaging to people yeah so true very true they do that as well so tell me this, and I guess we're going to settle a debate. We're not going to settle it, but let's try to settle it.
1: <laughs> we'll open up a debate. <laughs> let's open
0: up a debate and then let's tell everybody that disagrees with us we're wrong, they're, they're wrong. But let's talk about stock photos. It can be useful, right? I mean, there's a place for it sometimes, right? When should a church go, hey, we need to make, we need to get rid of these stock photos. Is Is there a place for stock? Or should they just not even bother with that and go like, take a cell phone video or something, whatever they got to do. Like what, what should they do? Yeah. I think
1: the problem just in the, the inherent problem with stock photos is that they're not authentic to who you are. I think, especially now in 2021, people will value authentic content uh, from a cell phone before they would value a really professional looking content that they obviously can even feel that's not who they are. That's not, you know, there's like a, a whole bunch of people smiling in San Diego, you know, and it's like your church is in rural Kansas or something. It's just, you, you inherently just kind of feel that it's disingenuous there. I think there are times. Yeah. Sometimes where you might want a stock photo, you know, I mean, if, if you're promoting, a, we have these pretty often, if you're promoting a young adult bonfire on the beach, you know what I mean? And last time that we had one, we didn't have a photographer there for some reason. All right. Well, there's plenty of pictures of a beach with a bonfire on it. That's all probably going to look the exact same, you know, there, yeah, there's occasions here and there where you can use stock photos, but man, I would say capture your own stuff. Even if it's just a cell phone, everybody has a professional camera in their pocket, you know, you just got to figure out how to use it. So yeah.
0: yeah. And, and I'm going to get some tips and tricks from you on that later, but okay, um, yeah, yeah i want definitely talk about that. But, uh, I think also one of the places I tell people like stock photos are good is when you have something that's like sensitive. That you don't want to take photos of like a care ministry, addictions, ministries, things like that might be okay to use stock photo there, Mm -hmm. you know, your typical like group of hands. Or something, you know, you know that yeah. photo? just a group of people oh, sitting yeah. around and here's all their yeah. hands, you know, those <laughs> kinds of photos. I think it's like, that might be the best you can really do unless you got a great photographer who gets the shot and they set something up and stage it. You know, you go through a lot of trouble to get those photos. They take a little bit more work because they're sensitive. But I think, I think that could be, but honestly, I, I'm kind of like, yeah, get away from the stock as fast as possible. I have, you know, some, I know a lot of people that use stock photos and it looks nice but you're right. It's disingenuous. It's just not you. So you kind of touched on the, the idea of communicating in the photo of kind of who you are. You have a vision at your church, right? And and so talk to me a little bit about how you use photography to communicate the vision of your church in the things that you do.
1: Man, that's a good question. We, we, in our, in our training, a lot of times, and um, we talk a lot about the why behind the what. Every photo that photo we take, volunteers? yes, to our photo volunteers. Yeah. I mean, and that that's the thing that kind of runs throughout our staff and throughout our church and throughout our volunteers and stuff just in general. But, um, for our team specifically, like, okay, why are you taking that photo? You know, are you taking it because that's a really cool composition of a photo with a hand lifted up in the air or are you taking it because it communicates what's happening, you know, in in service and what's happening, what God's doing in the room, you know, what God's doing in our city. And so I think a lot of it comes through that, like the the vision will always determine what photos are taken. And if the vision changes, then the photos change, you know? And so for us, we have to kind of understand like, why would I take this photo versus this photo? Or why would I, um, why would I value capturing this specific moment, um, versus another moment? Um, it's really easy for churches to kind of all start looking the same. I mean, ultimately, for most churches, there's like a semi dark room. There's a band on stage. There's a bunch of chairs in the back, you know, are facing them. And that's probably about it, you know? And so, um, it really is important to kind of capture the essence of who your church is and, and to determine that, like talk with your leadership, talk with, talk with your senior pastor and, and your leaders as to like, give me, you know, one thing that we've done before, uh, in the past, and we haven't done this in a long time, but we sat down for an event with one of our, um, one of our pastors and said like, okay, let's make a list of the things that we want to like the words that we want to communicate through our promotion this year, you know? And that's like, okay, that's vibrant or that's, you know, youthful or warm and inviting or familial. You know, we want things to feel like a family and those, those words or those things can kind of drive everything else that you do from a communication standpoint whether it's in your photos, it's in your promotion, it's in your videos, it's in the copy that you're writing along with your photos. Um, All of that speaks the message and it all has to stay consistent or else you kind of look at a photo that communicates one thing and you read copy that doesn't and kind of doesn't add up.
0: Well, I, I love that. I love the idea of giving your team like a word to capture, like go capture joy, go capture happiness, capture life change, capture peace, you know, because each photographer is going to kind of understand that, but they're also going to put their own spin on it. You know, they're, they're going to look at it through their own lens, you yeah. might say. But I'm <laughs> I gotta, I've, got a, I've got a bunch of them. So I think, I think that's really helpful in like when you're training your team to tell them not only what, like, I want a photo of a man with a hand in the air, or I want pictures of baptism with faces. Like, yeah, that's necessary, but the vision of it is I want to see that smile, that joy as he comes up out of the water. I want to see the, you know, the the prayer and the peace and the, and the family of, you know, so that would be, I'll look at this person praying and I can take the photo of them praying or I can take the photo of the person with their hand on someone praying for them. You know, it's like, like you get that kind of feel in some of that communicating that vision of what you see that actually feeling like when you see the photo, you almost have to communicate in emotions.
1: Yes, absolutely. You know, absolutely.
0: And let the artist kind of take over a little bit. Mm-hmm.
1: Um, I was, I was, uh, this was a little side note. I was reading a, a blog from Adobe max, I think is what it was. Um, and he's one of the, the, the guy who was writing the blog is one of their creative directors at Adobe. And he was talking about how um, emotion is the currency of creativity. How like, if you can communicate something that makes people feel something, then, then you've succeeded. Like you've, you've made an exchange, you know what I mean? People have given you their emotion and you've communicated emotion and, and there's, there's a good exchange happening whenever we create photos or videos or just art in general design, anything in the church that people really don't feel anything about, then we probably have, have failed, you know? And so, yeah, everything should make you feel something and should make you think something. That's one of the things for, for us that my pastor has said from the very beginning, um when i when I came on staff he said, every time they people come into church, they should feel something and they should think something and so yeah, I feel like that's what our team tries to communicate as well
0: that's really good when you when you talk to your team, you know you're communicating these emotions. do you also give them like a shot list or uh brand guidelines of of any kind? Do you have documents like that already?
1: um yeah, for sure. We have a few different uh iterations of a shot list floating around the church somewhere there's we have a big like rolling tool chest kind of thing in in the back that has all of our uh, lenses and bodies and everything, all of our photography gear in it. And so our photographers and our live stream team, uh, we kind of run them in parallel on Sunday mornings. Um, and so uh, because they're both responsible for capturing everything, like, your live stream should look as good as your photography looks. So our uh our live stream, you know, our mobile camera operators and our photographers all meet back there in the morning and there's a big shot list hanging on the little workstation back there. And yeah, it says a million different examples of photography. Yeah.
0: What are some there? of the things then, it said? What are some of those things on that list? Just off the top of your head.
1: Yeah. Uh we have um atrium stuff for our photographers we have a, a big column of atrium we have a big column broken down into worship center and then we have a column broken down into kids and so there's a pretty uh, a pretty good timeline throughout the day to be able to capture all that kind of stuff so for instance we capture a lot of our details in service at the front part of service so we'll say in the first song and a half capture your capture your details use a you know a 50 to 100 or a 70 to 200 or a, m- a more telephoto lens you're going to want to capture those hands in the air. You're going to want to capture the details of the band, you know, all that kind of stuff. And then as service begins to fill up, cause inevitably people always show up late, you know? So as service begins to fill up, switch over to a wider and wider and wider lens. So that way by the last song, whenever they're, everybody's singing hallelujah and there's hands in the air, you are in the right moment with the right lens at the right spot of the room to capture that.
0: that so is, that's just that part of really it. Really smart.
1: Yeah. There's some atrium stuff that we say like, uh, in, in the atrium, usually we'll shoot with a more telephoto lens so it can kind of be a little bit more incognito, a little bit more sniper, I guess, and then so focus on. Away. um, One thing I tell people is to anticipate the moment. Like if there is, um, okay, I like get inevitably this is a little bit more like philosophy, but every photographer should be a part of the church, not just like capturing the church, you know? So if you're a part of the church, you know that the Johnson family absolutely loves the Smith family and they all hang out together after church and so when the Johnsons get to church if the Smiths are greeting you know there's going to be a really good interaction that happens at the front doors you know so if you see the Johnsons walking down the parking lot you know let me go get in place for this shot you know because there's probably going to be some great high fives and hugs and handshakes and smiles and stuff and so kind of just try to anticipate the moment you know as you're as you're shooting know that if you know for instance for us there's um a, uh, we did this thing called Christmas in the community right now we're in the middle of it. And so we, uh, we're giving away these boxes, uh, partnering with the local ministry and, and doing, um, gifts for kids and stuff. And so that is an area where we know there's going to be like face-to-face interaction. Somebody at the table is handing a box to someone else, you know? So don't let that like catch you off guard, like go intentionally capture that kind of stuff.
0: Right. That's really smart. I never thought about like, taking your wider shots near the end when everyone's there. That's so yeah. the room is the most full simple. at the end. <laughs> I'd never thought about telling my team that that is so good thinking through your, your day like that. And then you've, you've basically resourced your team with the right tools to do it. Like you don't rely on them to have, just have everything. Right.
1: No. Yeah. Like our, our team, one of the big things that we do is we take people who are like, I've always want to learn photography or I took a photography class in high school or, you know, or something like
0: that. Yeah. Yeah. Because,
1: yeah, it's, it's really difficult to like go out there and hunt down and find like this incredible creative, you know, like they're, they're more far and few between, especially, you know, not in a huge Metroplex or something. And so for us, we're just like, Hey, if you have a desire, we will teach you and we will equip you and stuff. And so, um, thankfully our leadership has kind of seen that and ha- has chosen to invest in that. And so we have a lot of, um, the same, like we shoot Sony and, and Sigma pretty much exclusively. And so we have a whole ton of the same Sony cameras. That they can all you know that's know. interesting
0: so like you get a consistent type of photo from your yes team yeah same, absolutely i mean yeah. you, can, you can kind of create some of that but you kind of have to know what you're doing right but you you give them the same tools and they are creating yeah they all stuff. have the
1: same tools kind of um from you know a person who just started taking photography to a person who has been on the team for two years they're probably going to come up with a similar-ish photos obviously you know the the more seniority is going to going to have a little bit of of an edge there, but um, we use like small, like semi-cheap APS-C Sony cameras, uh, like the six series, 6,500, 6,600 series cameras. And then we use um, a whole suite of Sigma lenses and we have multiples of those lenses, you know? So that way, like our, our South Campus, the photographers can come in the morning and pick up a camera body and a wide and a telephoto. And then the person at our airline campus is using that same camera body and the same wide and the same telephoto to be able to capture consistency across what we're doing. So yeah,
0: That's so great. Um, I'll tell you what I used to do. I don't know if you do this, but because I had the same situation, I'd have somebody that was very new and, and I didn't have equipment. So I had to rely on them to get their own equipment. So they've got to learn their own camera and bring in their own camera and stuff like that. So I was a little more disadvantaged there. That's a great, great tip there from you, but I would put together like a newbie and somebody that kind of knows what they're doing, because Star Wars applies to everything, man. And so I do the master apprentice Jedi kind of thing with them. And, <laughs> yes, and I would and I'd talk to my 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 seasoned photographer and say, "Hey, here's this new person. Make sure you spend some time talking to them. Ask them what kind of stuff they're shooting." Kind of you kind of lead the shoot. I gave them a shot list and I'd be like, but you use them as kind of like your second shooter at a wedding or something. Maybe I shouldn't say second shooter. Your second photographer, at like <laughs> yeah. another. It's, I'm in Texas, yeah. man. It's sensitive, and so are you. <laughs> uh, it's a sensitive thing, but like a uh, second photographer to you know get some of the shots, and you guys divide the work up, and then come together, look at shots, critique each other, and maybe give them some pointers. That way, there's a mentorship kind of thing happening. I don't know if you did that, but just kind of a, if you've got enough photographers that can that are good that can help new people uh leverage that team and speaking of the team i wanted to ask you like you started in worship ministry at this church Mm -hmm. and moved into communication so i'm assuming that you created this team from square one is that true
1: yeah yeah pretty much um whenever whenever i got here we in my first probably two years of being on staff, we we maybe had like one-ish photographer, two-ish kind of floating around that we would kind of wrangle. And that and was really like, just you because- got like,
0: You got like 600, 700 people sitting there at that time, right?
1: Yeah, yeah. And, that, and it now was, you're at
0: 25, 30, 3,000, yeah. something like that. Mm-hmm.
1: So yeah, something like that.
0: You got to cover and some so space.
1: that was just because they like had photography Instagrams and were like, oh, you know, I think one of the best pe- ways to find people, just a side note, for if you're looking to build your team, go to Instagram and look at people who have good photos, even if they're on the iPhone and consistent aesthetic. And I can guarantee you, you're gonna probably have some conversations with a few of them and like, oh, I love your Instagram, great feed. And they're gonna be like, thanks so much. You know, and then you're like, you should join the team. You know, that's one of the best places to find people. But uh, yeah, we had just a couple and we built it up to around uh, 35 or four. Well, we had about 35 um, volunteers pre-COVID. And then, man, it was a crazy, crazy thing because right at the COVID like kind of break there, those, we were shut down for about six weeks here and then we just decided, forget it, we're reopening, you know? But during that six weeks, we went on our creative team all the way down to about three or four people. Wow. And so uh, that's volunteers. We even lost two-ish staff members at that point as well. So it was, it was crazy. Um,
0: Skeleton crew a little bit now
1: oh man, yeah, completely. Yeah. We were running around. I was, I was live streaming and taking photos and just all kinds of stuff. It was, it was crazy, but, um, yeah. And so, so we've kind of built that team twice essentially. And, um, uh, yeah, for, for whatever reason, just a, a variety of reasons. Um, uh, we had people moving away to school. We had people going, you know, to pursue other, other avenues and, and stuff. People, they were just moving out of town. Corpus is a very transient kind of community. And so we've gotten really used to like, okay, get them in, get them trained, build them up. Like have them as long as we can and then they're you know if, if they go somewhere else it's it's okay, you know. And so um yeah we've we've built that photography team up. Right now we're at about thirty-eight, I think, in is in our group I me mean, something like that, 38, 39. But uh yeah, we've built it twice. So that's awesome. been it's been well, tough.
0: <laughs> yeah, I can imagine. You came on staff, you built this team, but let's say this, there's somebody there, you know, listening that like they have nothing. They're kind of where you were. Would you, where would you start them? Like, what's the first thing you do? Because I know that many people are going to divide their brain in half and one side is going to tell them, create your brand guides, create your process, get your, how do I do all this set? Make sure you've got all the tools ready, get some gear and then go find volunteers and help them and get them started. Some people are going to go, just go find the volunteers or something I'm not even thinking of. What would you say is their first step in starting a photography team?
1: Man, um, I think it all starts with people if you identify the the right people, you know, even honestly, like if you have good friends that you're just like, Hey, let's go take pictures together. You know what I mean? Like eventually one of them will start growing into a photographer. <laughs> I think the best thing you could do if you're, if it's just you at your church, um, the best thing you could do is you yourself start growing and maybe you yourself start purchasing gear and start becoming a photographer as, as legit of a photographer as possible and start posting that stuff start using that stuff not just for the church but also on your personal accounts and stuff because inevitably social media connects us all and people see that and like where did you learn to take photos like that or where did you know dude That's really really good like yeah i can show you too come on the team you know and so um i think that excellence attracts excellence it's super cliche to say you know but um if you are uh, putting out good content and people see that they're drawn to that and so yeah, identify some people, even some teenagers, you know, in your, in your church, you know, in your, in your community that are like, Hey, they kind of know what they're doing. I think they seem creative or whatever, and just empower them, man. People just want to be empowered. And then the rest of the stuff will come, you know, as, as they begin to grow, you'll begin to create more consistency. And then you can, your brand guide just naturally comes from there, you know, and as you get better and better at building a photography, you know, building up these two or three people, then the your photography principles are going to come from there and they're going to help you create that kind of stuff. And so, yeah, yeah. it starts with people.
0: I, I've heard you say this a couple of times, and I think this is a, a paradigm shift for a lot of comms directors is is thinking of yourself more as a teacher and coach than a, I've got to do everything myself. It, it's like you may have to do a lot at first on your own to learn how to tell somebody else what to do. Uh, that's kind of what I hear you say. Is that fair?
1: Yeah. Oh, absolutely, man. Um, well, once again, our pastor, he has a bunch of like isms like pastor Mike isms, you know, but, uh, he told me at the very beginning when I got, when I got on staff, he's like, I want you to build a team because the devil is not afraid of a couple of hot shots who can do it all. Oh, but he trembles good. at, but he trembles at the thought of the church being equipped for ministry. And, um, that is so true, you know, with, with all of us, that we can run ourselves ragged trying to do everything ourselves, or we can just, take a step back and choose to empower people instead and choose to just constantly be teaching, you know, constantly be pouring of ourselves out and um, people are going to get it and they're going to most of the time run further with it than you could and, and have a different mindset, a different approach, a different idea than you would ever come up with. And that's when, that's when it really, really starts to, to take off, you know, yeah,
0: uh, whenever absolutely. you have a lot of people in on it. Absolutely. You know, I think a lot of, comms directors, executive pastors, people listening, they're going to see, hear that and go, man, I don't have time to do all that. Like, how do I build this team? I'm doing everything. And I think there's this tendency to, to not understand a, a universal principle when it comes to building something. It's this, you have to slow down to go faster. Like you, ha- you really do have to kind of slow down, let some things go and build it and do it on purpose. And that's what you've done with your team. It sounds like it's like you've, you've taken the time to find the people, do the legwork, Learn to tell them and thought through like what is their experience like when they're volunteering for me, which is really valuable stuff. And so I appreciate you sharing that with us. So let's talk about that team. I, I want to know how it works at your place from start to finish. So let's say I'm a new photographer, you kind of mentioned, let's say you found my Instagram account and I'm a good photographer. I'm not. But let's just say so for the sake <laughs> of this argument. And you're like, I think Seth could do this. Does it typically work where you find the photographer or am I coming to you? And then from there, how do I get assignments? What tools are you using? How do you how to turn in work? I mean, just how do I know what to shoot? Just kind of walk me through. Like, let's say I just jo- I'm just i joining, you're giving me an assignment, and then I got to turn in work. What do I do? Well, hey, Seth, how are you doing?
1: <laughs> um, <laughs> man, okay, so uh, if you already have your own gear and you know, kind of photography in general, there's a little bit of a faster track, but I'll start like from the, from the zero kind of uh knowledge person. Um,
0: let's say I got a phone.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Um, we, we've identified several people, you know, on Instagram or on social media or whatever, who just take phone photography and they they like it. You know, I'd say it's probably 50, 50 of us seeking them out and bringing them in. And then also people just like, Hey, I've thought about doing this, you know, or someone will mention, you know, people kind of know I'm always, I'm always looking for someone, you know, so they'll kind of, Hey, uh, did you see that this person had good photography? So I'll just approach them. Um, and, uh, or someone else will approach them, come, come introduce them to me. And, uh, we just say, sorry, let me me stop you
0: there and just say teaching moment. This is one of the reasons it's important for your church to follow your people on social.
1: Yes, absolutely. You would not find
0: them otherwise. So yeah, yeah,
1: yeah, for sure. I've even commented on from the church account onto people's photos, like personal photos, like sick shot, bro. You know, like <laughs> whatever. <Yeah. laughs> just because they love like, that. I mean, like,
0: that wasn't the pastor. Yeah. <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> for sure. And then I'll and then I'll direct message them. You should think about joining our creative our creative team, you know, and then I'm the creative team. So that's yeah. awesome. But uh I'll have a conversation with them and just kind of like figure out like, what are their wants or their desires? You know, maybe they're like, I've always wanted to take photos and I did it in high school, but I don't know if I'd be any good. And I'm like, well, just come in and meet with me and we'll just, we'll talk about photos. And so, um, I usually, the honest process is I hand that over to my admin and she schedules a meeting to sit down with them at some point. She kind of looks at the calendar and says, Hey, Wednesday at 10, you're free. And so I'm going to bring them in Wednesday at 10 or after they get off of work at you know five o'clock or whatever. And so, um, I'll sit with them and just kind of find out if they if they don't know anything, then literally my first conversation with them is I hand them our little like photo training guide and say, put this in your heart. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um yeah. start kind memorize of memorize this
0: by next Thursday.
1: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Just kind of start internalizing a lot of this stuff. And then I'll just walk them through some of the why behind the what. And then at the same time, I try to do half practical, half spiritual. So we do the why behind the what and the vision of the church and why we do what we do. But at the same time, I'm teaching like exposure triangle like the the most basic you know iso f stop and shutter speed Mm. and they're like okay that makes sense and I'm sitting there with the camera like visibly showing them like this is shutter drag this is too slow of a shutter this is too fast of a shutter you know
0: oh wow so you're doing like a one on one photography class with them in this meeting
1: yeah I probably do that once a week (laughs) like Like, once every two weeks you
0: you do this one on one you don't do like big classes for that or no one on one one on one individualized training
1: yeah, we, we do classes every so often. A couple of times a year, we'll get together and do like a team night where we're learning a specific concept or something like that. But most of the time, I would say at this point on our team, uh, 60% of our team, probably uh, of our photographers is was just started as like several one-on-one training sessions. And they'll come in for about an hour. And then from that one-on-one, maybe the next time they come in, we'll cover some a little bit more intense you know things
0: well before before we move on to the next next part of that. Uh, there's going to be a lot of people that are like, I am not qualified to do that with <laughs> with my team. So, yeah, if you're not a photographer trying to find a photography team, how do you get them that training? Is there a place that you go to, or you know, is there yeah,
1: um, something YouTube, <laughs> YouTube University? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there you go.
0: Like, Man, I know, uh, I know, there... like, Life Church has a lot of stuff too on their photography. Yeah, team. I've never
1: I've never seen Life Church, but I have heard a few people say that. But man, there are some really entertaining YouTubers that they can just literally follow. Like I have a list on my YouTube account of like favorites that I just save over and over and over again. Anytime that someone's teaching a photography principle, a lighting principle, videography, anything like that, I'll just save it. And then um, anytime that, a, that one of my team members has a question about something, I'll just send them a YouTube link because I can sit down with them for 30 minutes and explain that. Or they can just go watch that YouTube video and they're probably going to go down the rabbit hole and watch five others and have a great understanding of that by the, yeah. by the time it's done. So, and,
0: and if you don't want to do that, I, I would think, too, if you've got a photography buddy that's pretty good at it, that maybe you just have a talk with them and be like, hey, when we have somebody new, I'm going to send them to you or you're going to come to this meeting with me, too. Maybe you meet together on Zoom and I want you to cover these things to help them be better photographers. And so they know to ask you. Or pay
1: for, pay for their coffee, send them to a coffee shop together, yeah, there you, you go. know?
0: Yeah. yeah. Set them up, like set them up to win. Uh, Cause I know that the, as I'm not a great photographer, I have to go out, my wife is amazing. So I can always just ask her, but <laughs> you know, I, and so I'm lucky, but I've had to go take photos for clients and stuff. And I'm, I'm going, I think this is okay. You know, and I'll get the photos back and like the wrong part of the photos and focus or whatever, you know and I'm just like, ah, I'm just not good at this. So I I couldn't really communicate that. So I know there's going to be people that are like, okay, I can't do that part, but cool that you can, but uh, you definitely want to go through a training part uh, mm-hmm. with mm-hmm. them. So that's kind of, yeah. The next-
1: even, even if that is, you know, if you're using the, maybe the life torch resources that you're talking about and if in that time where they come in for that 20 minutes that you're talking about exposure triangle, just let them watch a video on exposure triangle and then show them your church's gear or go over the gear that they have with them, you know? And then one of the big things that I do is always let them play around with those concepts immediately. So like, as they're like, if, if they're just learning and you know, they're just sitting in front of a computer or something, a lot of times that stuff is like, Oh, that makes sense. And then they forget it or the next time they pick up a camera. And so if we're talking about, you know, using your ISO properly or whatever, go have them, hey, go go out to the atrium or go wander the building somewhere and just take a few test photos. Tell me what you think, you know? Um, This is what white balance does on the camera. Go outside and figure it out, you know? And just, uh, we let them, I always call it like, they just go play for 15, 20 minutes just around the building and um, then come back and hey, do you have any questions, you know? So yeah, that could be done via YouTube. That could be done via, you know, other resources. I'm sure there's a lot of photography training resources out there. And stuff that you can just kind of put in people's hands and then Absolutely. let them play
0: yeah and adobe's got a lot of good stuff too yeah so for sure we go through some training is that after that are I ready to take on an assignment
1: yeah so we do um usually two to three depending on their level of expertise already kind of coming onto the team we usually do two to three like one-on-ones, you know, whether that's with myself or with another photographer, sometimes they'll come in and and meet with one of the other people on our team on staff, or just, you know, another good photographer. And they're kind of taking them under their wing if if I'm, if I'm not available. And so, uh, from there, we will schedule them to shadow. And so we use like planning center online PCO, we call it shadowing. And we use um, the same method across pretty much all of our production, creative, uh, you know, communications things. It's, um, Oh gosh, now I'm going blank. It is you watch and I do, and then uh you know that 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 classic one, and then by the end of it, you're watching them do it, uh, and we usually do it kind of depends on a per person basis if they're they instantly catch it, then by the end of the second service, you know, hey, go for it, I want you just you taking pictures during the response time after the sermon, and I'm just gonna follow you around and watch you, you know, and answer any questions you might have. Most people aren't going to be that fast with it. So it's a couple of weeks, you know, maybe they come in shadow once, then we bring them in throughout the week. We're looking at their photos. We're reviewing their photos because we pair them with one of our more experienced photographers. The pressure for the weekend is on them, is on that experienced photographer to capture, not the inexperienced photographer to capture. And so we just look at those photos throughout the week. We bring them in and we, you know, we pull them in the lightroom and we say, uh man this photo is great but if you would have turned your camera a few degrees this way you actually would have caught this instead but you know oh okay cool and you kind of see the light bulbs light up and stuff and so
0: that's yeah great. it's a lot so of you,
1: just one-on-one you, you jedi them. that's what I mean. <laughs> yeah drive to a princess that's what's happening
0: let <laughs> yeah yeah jedi training you jedi trained them that's pretty great they're they're ready to take the trials that's what they yeah, are.
1: and then from there they can just um once we kind of feel like all right they're they're getting it, we'll let them shoot. we call on more of our low impact events, so our Sunday would be kind of like a high impact thing like these photos need to be you know really, really good, and uh our lower impact events is maybe like a, a youth service or um, a young adult night or a hangout bonfire family day thing that they're doing, or you know just uh, uh something that is not as crucial to our brand, our vision, our church as a Sunday morning or a big event. Um, And so we kind of have like tiers of people kind of in different stages, you know, some people are like, they're just really getting comfortable shooting youth by themselves and they're starting to get really good. And then we say, I think they're ready for a, for a Sunday morning service. And then, you know, let them go for it on their own. And then from there, you know, Hey, I think they're, they should, they could be one of our top list of photographers for Christmas, you know, or for Easter or whatever. I Um, think So
0: I think that I'm trying to, like think for my audience here and respond for my audience just a little bit. So I can kind of anticipate a lot of people hearing that and going, man, that is a lot of work just to get some photos. (laughs) And, and I'm like, I kind of want to go, yeah, it is, but that's also our job to, you know, to train and develop. I mean, this is what real development looks like when you're developing a team. You're not just getting some warm bodies that can push a button and point a lens. It's you're developing a team that is going to help you visually tell stories and communicate vision. And when you connect it to that, all of this stuff sounds extremely right. You know, to go through that much training, that much organization, that much shadowing, that much time before you're ever like, all right, go get some photos because you know, there's, there's so much to it. And all of that. It's kind of, it's more of a caught, not taught thing. It seems that, you know, you're getting this vision dripping down into every photographer that comes on your staff. I think that's really interesting. And and an important point to make is that when you're trying to bring somebody on, it takes time to get them to a point. You're actually trying to get them to a point where you're telling the right story the way you need to tell it because it's the most true story. Right. And, And so I think that's, I think that's really brilliant.
1: Yeah. I mean, and even that the fast track version of that can even be three weeks, maybe, you know, or some, something like that, you know, it doesn't have to be like this massive month long investment, you know what I mean? Into, into them or whatever, but it, they, they do need to feel empowered and they, they need to feel a clear vision for what they're going to capture. You know what I mean? The worst is like, and I've done this, I've done this recently when we just like, just go get some good photos. I, I gotta go. You know what I mean? Yeah. I'm busy I mean, with something else or whatever. Yeah, but the worst is whenever some, you're asked to create something with with no vision. I'm sure that most people can can empathize with that.
0: Uh, every designer listening just punched the air.
1: Oh, for sure. <laughs>
0: <laughs> like, yeah. I just want it to pop. They just froze know, you like, the like the end of the Breakfast Club with their hand in the air. <laughs> And it's like, yes, yeah. I know that. Yeah, feeling. for
1: sure. That that's always the most frustrating for creatives, you know, so we just try to be as clear as possible. And we show a ton of like reference images. I have a folder on my computer, like in Dropbox, I think it's just called like workshop Pics or creative Pics or something like that. And it's just some of my favorite photos that we've captured over the past year. And I try to go through every few months to kind of update it, you know, if over the weekend, we're going through photos, I'm like, man, that's a good one. Let me add it to the list, you know, and and I also take some photos away from there. I'm like, that doesn't really look like us anymore, you know? So, and I share that folder with photographers as they come on the team. And then I also like walk them through like, oh, when I'm talking about getting a good crowd shot, this is what I mean. You know, this is the lens I used. These were more or less the settings I had. This is kind of how you do it.
0: Yeah. Well, that brings you up the the next phase of that. How do they deliver photos to you? When yeah. You're
1: done? So, um, training once again, yeah. <laughs> uh, the, the, the first Usually the first few months, I mean even like six months to a year. We have we have photographers that have been on our team for a year who still don't go through their own photos. Most of them will cull their photos. On a Sunday morning, we normally shoot one service and the turnaround between services. So we'll shoot the before, the during, and then the after the service into the second one. And then I'll sit with the photographer either to train or for them to me to just watch them or just to trust them to do it and go through their photos. And choose like maybe our top fifty on our shot list thing. We have uh, you should be taking somewhere around two hundred and fifty to three hundred photos on a Sunday morning. You know, um, uh, that's one of
0: my questions. That's a good. That's good to know. Yeah,
1: with that, you're probably going to end up somewhere. I mean, even even a, even a novice photographer taking three hundred photos, ten percent of those is really safe to say it's going to be a good photo. And you know, like you know, so I mean, at the very minimum, you're going to end up with thirty great photos from a Sunday morning. So. We typically shoot for around 50 and then, uh, we'll just literally sit there on Lightroom and like, you know, use our arrow keys and press P for pick and just go through. And this is why I'm choosing this photo. This is why I'm, oh, this is why I'm not choosing this great photo, but there's somebody picking their nose in the background or, you know, whatever. And then, uh, from there, either we have a few photographers that we totally trust to edit their own. And, um, we equip them with a lot of presets that we've created. In Lightroom. Yeah. So over the years, just, uh, we've kind of tweaked and tweaked and tweaked based on all the different lighting scenarios in, in and around our building. So we have presets for like, we have four worship center presets depending on how the ceiling and how the lighting is looking. We have uh two or three atrium ones, an outside one, different kids rooms have different lighting in there and different, you know, and, um, yeah, so that way they can kind of click and then have a decent idea of what the photo should look like as long as their settings were correct. Um, And then tweak little things from there. So yeah, it's kind of a um, a process as well to get them from like just learning how to take photos and then they learn how to take and call their own photos and then edit with our supervision and then maybe come in throughout the week and edit. And then we just trust them to just go for it. And we, we approve the final result.
0: So for those photographers that don't edit their own, they just give you the raw and then you do it later when you want it. Mm -hmm. So you pick through Mm -hmm. the raws and then... Dump them in yeah. They just,
1: they come in they hand us a card. Pretty much every one of our photographers is going to go through their own photos. We, we do that kind of in conjunction with training them just to kind of show this is what you should be taking. Cause they can hand us 300 photos and not have any idea if any of them were good. And yeah. so it's actually and, and really, and really beneficial that. for them. Yeah. You, you and it's really beneficial people. for them to immediately sit down and say, ah, that's the way to take that photo or yes, I took great photos today. Super, you know, they, they kind of feel that, that encouragement there. So yeah, we, we try to go like immediately from them taking photos into them, learning how to go through and, and call and choose their, their photos.
0: Yeah. And you're doing that personally and you have other people on your team that do that um, well, it's, as well. It's,
1: sometimes it's me. Sometimes it's other photographers. We have a, a few people that can kind of do that already.
0: Awesome. Mm-hmm. That's great. Um, yeah. Cause you covered that question. How many photos should you get? Cause you, you get your best 50. They'll take about 350 200. I'll take about 350. Cause I'm just, I'll take 15 of one photo and go, one of them's gotta be good. Yeah. Right?
1: Spraying and praying. Just, yeah.
0: Just, just, and, and, and I go back and look through them. Like they're all the exact same. Yeah. Like, Whoops. So just turn it um, into a GIF. Yeah. Just put that out there. But yeah. But it's the beauty of like, uh, you know, digital photos, digital photography, you know, you're, you know, always pop in a new memory card and take some more. So do you use something like Dropbox, Smug Mug? I mean, how do you get photos? You said they, they bring you a card. Do you just drop them in a folder? Like, how does that work?
1: Yeah. So the card, um, just to save hard drive space, we only keep the photos in uh, Lightroom. Uh, the RAWs are in Lightroom. And then um, from Lightroom, and we have a few, we have either my personal computer or a, or a couple other computers floating around that belong to a Creative Ministry. And so they can grab one of those computers and go to Lightroom and they just have to know, like, oh, I put that on the volunteer computer. It's in a folder there, you know. But we don't actually save any RAWs locally. We only save JPEGs locally just because we shoot a lot of photos. And so over yeah. time no, it, it becomes that. ridiculous. Yeah, so um that. our RAWs live in Lightroom and we back up our uh catalogs to big external drives. And then uh once we go through those raws to get, you know, we have those fifty or whatever, we don't keep the three fifty, we just keep the fifty. Yeah.
0: And then so you just uh, them off.
1: Yeah. I, we'll, we'll leave them on the card. And then we have a volunteer that goes, that comes in and, and goes through the card. And like once a week, they'll say, Hey, did you clean all the cards for the weekend? Like, okay, cool. And then we have a big card wallet full of SD cards and all of our cards are, you know, try to be clean for the weekend.
0: And so you kind of have like a, like the pins at the restaurants now, the clean and the unclean yeah, for your pins yeah. after you use one. Yeah. Literally
1: we'll, it. we'll flip the card around backwards. Oh, okay. Don't touch that one. That touch one has that other one. stuff on
0: it. It's <laughs> still got stuff on it. Yeah, yeah exactly that's really funny so you give them presets in Lightroom. you give them direction you sit there you talk through it it's very hands-on uh very involved and i think that's one of the only ways you're really going to get the same quality out of more types of levels of photographer
1: yeah and the the way we've looked at like i've looked at like really trying to change that process like so many different times like there's been several times where i've been like this has got to be a more streamlined way to do this you know And it just kind of makes me think of the analogy of like, if you're looking at photography as art, which it it is, you know, um, if you're looking at photography as art, you wouldn't want to streamline the process to create an artisan. You know what I mean? Like you wouldn't have somebody who's like an incredibly skilled sculptor only learn you know, via YouTube, you know what I mean? Or yeah. like you only learn, uh, you know, through this really, really kind of one size fits all process, like what's going to create the best type of artist and the best type of artisan and the best goods, you know, the things that you're going to want to purchase the things that are sought after is going to be like this, this investment into them as a person and into letting them figure out their, you know, how their creativity works and stuff. And so I keep coming back to it and I keep, you know, landing on the same thing.
0: Yeah. So on on those hard drives um that you've got all these photos stored, do you have a way that you organize them, tag them, yeah. you search through them? Mm-hmm. Walk me through that. Yeah.
1: So um on in our Dropbox, we basically have like like our, our Dropbox path is actually I have it pulled up uh Dropbox, creative, photo, video, and then we have it broken down into campus or into events and all that kind of stuff. Per campus, there's like a year that they can click on. So 2021. And then from there we go um like 2021, 11, 21, and then we put in parentheses that photographer's initials, you know, so we immediately know who shot that. That's just to like hold and store photos to actually go through. And like, if we're searching for something, we also have people come in throughout the week and we're not doing a super great job of this, but this is one of our goals to get better at come in throughout the week and tag those in a program called Fluoro. It's like an online, it's like smug mug kind of thing. You upload all your photos, you can create custom tags, uh, I think it's fluro.io, F-L-U-R-O dot right. I-O.
0: Yeah, it's a good time. Um
1: And uh, yeah, we just create custom tags and we'll tag, we'll put like five or six tags per photo and we, we don't want anything to fall through the cracks and stuff. And so it's like kids and smiling and atrium and, you know, whatever that they'll, that they'll be able to search. And that way, whenever we're like, oh, we we're promoting a, a kid's hangout, like, oh, we need to make a graphic for that. Like, okay, well, instead of making a graphic, go find the photo, you know? Yeah. Um, exactly. And so uh it makes it it makes it a lot easier for us to go through and and locate photos yeah. and
0: stuff like that. So. We we try to um we push our clients at Churchcom team to use uh, smug mug, which is very similar and create tags, create folders, systems so that we can give our creatives like hey, whenever you're thinking of social, whenever you're looking for website updates, here's a big ton of photos for you to look at and don't just make a graphic. Um use use their people if we can. And and some don't have photos, you know, they, they haven't built that team. And so we don't get a lot from that, but some have started developing the photos and man, their social media has gone up, their website traffic's better, you know, clicks. Yeah. Yeah. It just really does. It's it's crazy. uh, It's a a shot
1: in the arm for sure.
0: Yeah, for sure. So as we kind of start to wind down here, let me, let's switch a little bit to like some of the, the privacy stuff. When you take photos, people are coming into your building. Do you guys have it posted somewhere? Hey, we're going to take your photo, make your peace with it kind of stuff. Mm -hmm. Or is like, how is that worded? How do you guys do that? So
1: we, when we first really started to build a team a few years ago, we, uh, were really concerned about that. And we're like, man, I, I don't know. Like we, we've had photographers here and there and stuff. And, uh, we initially made like some stanchion signs that would like flip over when you walked into the worship center that had some type of a disclaimer thing on it and our church just got really used to photographers walking around you know and so uh at this point honestly we, we probably should have something but we really don't <laughs> uh that's probably not the answer you're looking for but we just kind of trust our people to do it the one thing that we do that we are careful with is any kids who can't be photographed um there are several um uh foster parents and stuff in our in our you know church and so uh a lot of those kids are kids that are in and out of social services and stuff can't be photographed and so we make sure that we uh whenever they check in those kids in our check-in process there's like a a box that they can click like please don't take photos of my kids you know or we usually say like there will be photos taken you know uh, just so you know kind of thing and um those kids that can absolutely cannot be photographed um on their like check-in tag we use like a check-in tag system or whatever and so on their check-in tag there's like a red dot like literally just a little dot that they put on their tag and so we as we're walking through our kids ministry taking photos and stuff we can uh talk with each teacher and like hey do you have any kids with red dots in you know today and they're like oh no we had one last service but not this service like okay cool no sweat and so then we'll go in and take photos if if there are kids in that room we just probably will avoid the room altogether that's kind of what we've taught our people you know don't even chance it's not
0: a ton right it's not a ton of people no no it's very
1: minimal i mean i would say every couple months there's you know, a a family of kids or or a couple kids that were like, oh, okay, no, you know, it's it's not super, super common. Yeah. And then beyond that, people will usually avoid photographers if they don't want photos taken of them. So Mm -hmm. (laughs) yeah.
0: (laughs) Yeah. That, that person that you just can't seem to get a good photo of, there's a reason.
1: There's probably don't want any photos taken. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. There's a We've actually run into a few a few things, this is kind of interesting, uh, with military, because uh, we have a, a base uh, here in Corpus Christi. Um, and so there's been a few instances where we'll have someone in the military reach out and be like, hey, I saw that you were taking photos, just make sure that there's not any photos of me. I'm like, oh, okay, cool. And so just kind of put a, put that out to our, our team, like, hey, and usually as we're going through photos and whenever we're posting photos to social media, even if there were some that were taken of them, I'll kind of mark them and, or just delete them and say, hey, not not these, you know, so. Yeah.
0: And, and I found that, you know, when I wanted to use, when I was a comms director, I had this issue as well and we had it posted just like you did. And, you know, we kind of had the dot system and something similar, but um, I noticed that it was not a lot of trouble that when I wanted to use a photo of kids to go to my, com- my children's director, say, Hey, do you know any of these kids? If, are any of them in the foster system that, or anything, I, any red flags? No. Do you know who these kids are? Yeah. Can we call their parents and ask them if we can use this photo even? And, and they would call them and get permission or email them or something. And then let me know if I could use it. And then I'd use it. And it really didn't take a ton of extra work to do that. You know, and we were a church of 8,000 with four campuses. So most churches are not that big. It does not take that time. And so if you want to go through that and you have a photo that's a great photo of a kid You're like, I don't know if I can use it. And you just want to be sure you got permission. You can always do that. And Mm -hmm. it does not take a ton of your time. Yeah. We're,
1: we're really careful. um, Usually with anything that we're going to promote, like do ads with outside of just a normal post. If we're going to do ads, we make sure that like, oh, we 100% know that family, whether it's adults or kids. Like we, we don't want to put money into a Facebook post that is, you know, the people that are in the background of the photo are like, you know, don't they do, you know, like it's something sketchy or whatever. You know, we, we definitely don't want to be like, I don't know if they go to church. <laughs>
0: I'm just, you know? uh, I don't know why I'm thinking of this, but I remember this episode of friends where Joey is on a, on a poster and he didn't know he was going to be on a poster for STDs. Oh and, yeah. And remember that one? Yes. <laughs> like, oh my god, yes. uh, He should have known that before they started using his face. Yes. <laughs>
1: He was like the face of that particular STD yeah, for around, yeah. around around New York for a while. Yeah, yeah. I told him women's to are
0: turning him down. Oh, so funny. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so let's talk about the, you know, you're informing people online, on social. And one of the things I look around, I look on social media and see a lot of photo-heavy churches. You know, there's this this kind of pull that you're communicating information as well. And when you're using photography, there's not any information on it. And we know like they don't read the captions too much, you know, or something like that. Uh, Not as much as you would like on a full on graphic. So how do you communicate information on social or is that a value to you? And do you do it other places?
1: Yeah. um, We, right now we do communicate a lot of information on social, um, just mostly in the copy or with a, we have several years now of, of, of uh, a kind of a photography portfolio. So we'll pull, Photos. If we have a men's conference coming up, well, we're going to go through our Fluoro, or we're going to go through from the previous folders in Dropbox and grab photos from that men's conference, so it looks like a men's conference. You know what I mean? Or if we're doing a Christmas outreach, we're using those photos to do that. So even just the photos communicating, you know, people can kind of stop and, and check it out. Um, one thing that we've started to do recently has been um, using photography, and then in the bottom corner, use labeling that ministry with like a little bit of of a copy there, so it'll say like reach Corpus Christi outreach. And there's a photo of, uh, one of our outreach, you know, uh, things happening. And then on the bottom, it'll say this Friday, 7 PM reach CC, you know, or whatever. And so we tried to, we've tried to do that. We're, we're kind of in the middle of a shift right now. Um, just talking with our pastor, with our social media director, um, with our executive pastor and stuff, just some of our, our executive team to try to figure out like, okay, social media, the way we're doing it right now is, is still effective, but we don't want to get behind the curve. So we need to start changing the way that we're communicating. And so, um, yeah, we're, we're kind of figuring it out like everybody else is, but I think we're moving further and further and further away from like information heavy stuff to just like vision heavy stuff and letting the information get out organically. Like we call it grassroots, you know, like just letting the, letting grassroots communication kind of take place. We'll have, you know, if they want information about a women's event, there's a flyer that they can grab as they walk out. You know, there's going to be people handing it out at the door if they want one or, or, um, you know, we have a lot of, um, a ton of secondary social media accounts, like real, like smaller accounts that like all the women follow new life Corpus W, you know, new life Corpus women. And so they'll, uh, if they want information about that, they'll go to that. So that way we can keep our, our main church pages, uh, a little bit more vision heavy. Um, yeah. Yeah.
0: So you're kind of, you're segmenting a little bit on social, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. like you would yeah. an email or text messaging. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Awesome. That's, yeah. That's we utilize
1: all that kind of stuff. We'll, we'll reach out to people, hundreds of people at a time over like reach or over just group texting and stuff or, uh, or, sorry, individual, like batch texting, um, we'll send out emails, we'll, you know, smoke signals, whatever we got to do to get people there. But
0: yeah. Yeah. That's interesting. I, Cause I'm, I'm thinking that too. I'm looking at social now and, you know, post pandemic, it's just, everything's different. You know, everything, Completely, you, you yeah. got to think through it all again. We're building it from the, not quite the ground up, but close on, on all of our channels kind of, cause they just kind of, they started working different. Everything just starts working different. People are different. They are interacting differently, some poorly, <laughs> but uh, <laughs> yeah. differently for sure. So having said that, there's gonna be a lot of people listening to this going, man, this sounds really great. I don't have the equipment. All I have right now is a phone. How can, what are some apps, tricks, tips? thoughts, you know, advice you might have for someone just having the phone, can they still get great photos and how do they do that?
1: Yeah, I think so. Um, I actually was talking with a a small church in in town here um, a couple, well, probably a couple of months ago now that was asking about that specifically. Like, okay, we don't have a photography team. We don't have all this expensive stuff. You know, I think I know somebody with a camera. Do we just borrow that? I'm like, no, just use your phone. I think if you're going to use a phone, I would recommend more video heavy, actually, than photo heavy, because that just seems to play better, you know, with algorithms and with engagement and stuff. Uh There's a little bit more forgiveness when people see uh, a not that great video, but that has cool content or engaging content True. versus a not that great photo with engaging content, you know, thank you, TikTok. So yeah, seriously. Um And that doesn't mean that you have to go out and make TikToks, you know, that no, doesn't mean no, that, no. you know, you have to whatever, but I do think that like, there's a place for just like short form, quick videos. Our our pastor puts one up probably once a month, just like in his backyard, like with a selfie stick sometimes like, Hey guys, I just want to invite y'all this week. I'm talking about the book of revelation, you know, or whatever, you know, and those actually perform really well because it's refreshing. You know what I mean? So you don't have to have have, like the most, yeah, it's, it's, it's good content and stuff. And so you don't have to have the most, uh, professional gear or professional look to be able to get good engagement. Um, so if you are using a phone kind of master that thing, there's a few different apps out there, even that will let you take photos and stuff, but even just like an uh, an iPhone with like learning how to, uh, how to tap and hold to lock exposure is one of the best tricks that you can do. You, if you, if you just tap and hold that little like yellow screen will pop up and then you can actually slide your finger up and down along that yellow screen or that little yellow box to raise or lower the exposure of a certain part of your image. And so if we're ever doing phone photography, I tell our people that it's like step one. You know, that way you can kind of have a little bit more care over over what you're going to do.
0: How many how many people you think just heard that and went, I didn't know you could do that. <laughs> <laughs> hey, hopefully a lot. <laughs> I, I bet I bet several. Yeah. I, I mean I'm kind of going, oh yeah, I forgot you could do that. That's true. Yeah. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I mean, it, yeah, that, that, little that's stuff like important. that. Mm-hmm. If you have a phone, uh, phones historically will do really, really bad in low lighting situations. I know that a lot of them have like the night mode now, but that kind of requires people to be really still. And that's usually not going to happen in the middle of a service and stuff. And so if you are phone heavy, try to make sure that you have enough light to kind of feed that, that little bitty sensor in your phone. Um, Usually the smaller the sensor, the more it is just as a photography technique, the smaller the sensor, um, the more light needs to be fed to that sensor to retain a clean image. And so if you're going to, uh, use your phone, try to feed it with a lot of light Like maybe a lot of your content isn't necessarily in service stuff, but it's, you know, out by your front doors, you know, and you're doing little interviews with people or, or whatever play to your strengths.
0: Yeah. And this is where the churches that don't do the dark room are at an advantage.
1: Oh, absolutely. Yeah. I, literally. I'm like, can we just paint our room white now? Like, please? <laughs> yeah, the the dark room part of churches is, is coming to a close for sure. The, the huge intelligent, you know, lighting and led walls and all that stuff is coming to a close.
0: I remember having a conversation when I was so frustrated. I went back and talked to our production guy and was like, okay, man, can you give me just a little more house light? I need photos of the people and nothing (laughs) works. And he was like, they're at full blast. And I was like, you're lying. (laughs) Yeah. <laughs> it, you're, no i mean it was so dark man it was so dark but yeah you're right it's that that the light is is usually the biggest issue with photography mm-hmm. um and sound becomes the biggest issue with video is that People yeah, think exactly that. so
1: exactly uh, yeah lighting is super super important like if you are taking a picture of someone just take the extra like one second to look at like their face especially and if their face uh particularly light-skinned people if there's any portions of their face that look like There's no definition there. There's no clarity in their, in their face. Like usually it's forehead or, uh, or cheeks. Yeah. Ridge on the nose. If you see that, that's like super white or like it's called blown out. If you see that it's blown out, just hold that there on, you know, make that little square pop up the little yellow square, and then just slightly move your finger down. And that will lower the exposure of the image overall to create a, a, a better looking photo for them. So yeah, those little tips will help if you have a phone and I would recommend getting Lightroom. Uh, on your phone, like Lightroom, Adobe CC, other ones that, like for instance, if you don't wanna have to pay for an entire Adobe suite, you know, just to be able to use Lightroom mobile, there's an app called Darkroom. It's like the opposite of (laughs) Lightroom. Uh, There's an app
0: called Darkroom. It's the upside down version yeah. of Adobe Lightroom. It's
1: the, it's, the uh, it's not the Jedi, it's the Sith side, yeah. but, um, <laughs> but Darkroom is like, I think a one-time purchase for like maybe 10 bucks, 12 bucks or something. And, um, it has all the same features, uh, as your, uh, Lightroom will. And then I think one thing that's really, really important that most people forget about, even you can even do this with the phone and you can do this with a, a raw image from a $3,000 camera is... Whenever you're editing, pay attention to your HSL levels. That's hue, saturation, and luminance. And so um, that's how you can create a consistent aesthetic. Like if you're looking for like, one of the things that I tell people as they're editing, whenever they're learning is like, man, I want people to immediately look at that photo and say, that's a new life photo. Like I know where that photo comes from, whether it's outside in the bright sun or whether it's inside in our dark room or in our atrium, kids ministry, whatever, whatever people should be able to look at our photography, even if someone else reposted and it's not connected to our page and say that's new life, you know? And so the way you can do that, um, is by using those HSL sliders. And basically you're, you're just telling the photo like move red this way or move your blue more towards teal or your blue more towards green or your red more towards orange or yellow or whatever. And, um, they're, they're really, really powerful tools for creating like your church's look, you know? And, um, I was talking with a, with a church the other day about um, like, how do we kind of create that look and stuff? I was like, well, you have to have a look in your building. So if you do have the opportunity to, you know, maybe your church, your logo is is red and you really like your logo and it's cool. And it's, everything's red and and white and gray, you know, well, then your building should probably have some red and white and gray in it, uh, because that's going to be the easiest to to capture and to make it look consistent. And then from there, you can use your HSLs to kind of, Further manipulate the photos to create a lot of consistency. So, yeah, that goes all the way into like environmental design and stuff yeah. like that. But.
0: Yeah, you, step one of good photography: have good stuff to <laughs> Sorry. take photos of. <laughs> way down the rabbit hole. <laughs> <laughs> Call it step yeah. zero of Step one: buy a new couch. Yeah, redesign your atrium. You know, your, no. your lobby but- is terrible. Step one: <laughs> Refix. Do the lobby over. Yeah, repaint everything. No,
1: <laughs> but um, yeah, HSLs are going to give you a really consistent look, even on a phone. You can get some really, really powerful photo manipulation out of out of that. And don't go so far as to kind of mess with stuff, but yeah, it's just to look natural. Just but yeah, it'll like
0: it'll uh, small tweaks, right? Just with the same small tweaks on everything that kind of gives it that look cuz you don't want to lose the integrity of the photo but you also don't want it to look like it was taken under harsh amber lights or you know out in a snowstorm but uh you definitely want to be able to like colorize that thing get your what do you say hsl that's hsl yeah and every every and
1: luminance
0: luminance what does luminance do
1: if you have like your, for instance, uh, a lot of blue lighting on stage and it's just really, really bright, you can kind of turn down the blues or you can turn down the reds or okay. turn down the skin tones. I use luminance a lot when you're talking about skin tones, because sometimes you're taking a picture and there's, you know, somebody that's really dark skin right next to somebody that's really light skin. So you can kind of highlight that specific skin tone and turn that down or up um, just to kind of even everything out.
0: That's something I'm learning, right? Uh, you just taught me that. So, because, um, I you know, I'm am a I'm a white dude. And when you get a bunch of lights on me on stage or people that <laughs> glowing, are white like glowing, me, it's like we're angels of sit down from heaven, you know, powerful, to, wow. it's a very powerful image of, of not being able to see your facial expressions. I just look like a glowing face with a beard. It's pretty hilarious. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> so of all the things that you take photos of in your church, you said earlier before we started, you take about 25% of your photos. So you still are involved. You're still doing part of this yeah, it's a yeah. bulk of your team. What's your favorite thing to take photos of in your church?
1: Man, at this point, my in-service, my favorite thing to take photos of is, is probably baptisms, man. There's just something about backstory in our church. We've had a, hundreds of baptisms in the last few years, um, just seeing God move that way. And so, we typically have at least one or two baptisms per service. Most of the time they're spontaneous. We just, we leave the tank up on stage 24, seven year round. Anytime we've had people call up to the church on a Tuesday morning and be like, I want to get baptized, you know? And so they come on down and get baptized and stuff. And so, yeah, it just, it never gets old seeing somebody's face, you know, say I'm going public, you know, with my faith and stuff. So, um, that's probably in service out of service. I absolutely love doing our more stylized shoots and stuff. We, we have the opportunity now we were blessed enough now to be able to work really closely with our ministries and kind of create like little looks for like a conference or look for a, for a particular season that, that, you know, our youth or our young adults are going into and stuff. And so kind of stretching those creative muscles to say like, okay, well, we want our young adults this year, our aesthetic to be really grungy and looking like nineties, you know, uh, rap album, <laughs> you know, stuff yeah. or, or whatever. <laughs> you know, and we we will put together a, uh, a, uh, like a shot list. We'll put together like a mood board and just like examples. And we'll share that with our photographers that are going on that. Usually we have our more senior photographers kind of going on that shoot. We'll take a bunch of young adults and dress them up real cool and go do really fun shoots and stuff. And so those, uh, outside of the walls photography is, is really, really yeah. fun for me. I
0: often, when my, my daughter's really good with fashion and, uh, I'm not. And so and sometimes she comes out of her room wearing a pretty, you know, edgy look that I would've never put together, but it looks good on her. And, uh, she always thinks it's really hilarious when I ask her when her rap album is dropping or something like that, <laughs> she thinks it's funny. She's, she she yeah. loves it.
1: Um, the, the key to that is that, that wide angle down low, just get them yeah, yeah. down I'm low. Like and crouch, drop hand, a rap hand album. gestures.
0: Um, yeah, whatever. But um, you brought up, a good, you mentioned baptism and, you know, as, as we wrap up here, I want to hit this one last question. Often photographers feel out of place when they're taking photos. Like one of the values I always give them is get the shot, get up there and get the shot. What do you tell your photographers about feeling like I'm in the way or you know what do I wear, or how do I walk up get a good shot of a, of the pastor on stage in the middle of a service? Does it disrupt worship? Does it disrupt things going on? Like, how do you guide your your photography team through that?
1: Yeah, well, wear black all the time. Creatives So just by I you know, have to wear black no matter of, what. Of course, of course, of course. <laughs> um, yeah. Uh, no, but just something more practical. I guess one big thing that we stress with our photographers is you are a part of the church, so you're not just capturing for the sake of being a fly on the wall like that's the wrong approach uh we have to worship as we walk down the aisle about to go take a photo we have to lock eyes with someone and smile and and say what's up like i want to see my photographers and my you know live stream operators even like they're walking around the room and they're like singing their guts out between snaps of a photo or between shots and shots you know And they're, they're just as engaged with what's happening in the room as anybody else. If they see a friend, they're going to stop and shake their hand and smile and pat them on the back. If they, you know, so if people feel like, yeah, he's just one of us, or she's just one of us, they're, they're just here. That's, this is what they do on the weekend. Just like the band plays, you know, there's like the bass player plays bass, you know, or the, or this, you know, the ushers help people to their seat, these guys, take photos. And so it creates an environment where people are just so much more at ease with you walking around because they know you, you know, and you're part of the church and you're in their life group or whatever, you know? So I think, I think that's step one and just feeling comfortable is, is it's your house too. You're not just there to take photos of someone else's house. This is, this is your house, you know? And then secondly, obviously be respectful and be incognito and kind of, ninja around you don't have to totally be you know uh, out of the picture but don't be afraid to go in there and, and walk up to you know the baptism tank or you know they have to be on stage to take those for, for us at least where we are room set up so they're like you know five feet behind the worship leader you know they're in the shot on the live stream probably you know and so you just kind of have to um, build up that confidence the more reps you have the better the better it gets but once you realize that like hey i'm supposed to be here this is my job this is what i'm doing and and i'm a, a son or a daughter of the house, you know, then you have a lot more freedom to walk around your house. Yeah. So
0: that's great. Do you, do you actively give them permission to do that? Like, do you feel like yeah. you need to tell them that, Hey, go up there. Yeah, on stage, no, we, we talk,
1: we talk about that a lot. Yeah. We talk about that a lot. Like usually in the training process, whenever they're, they're taking photos, our, our, our baptism lighting, if like we have a preset lighting for baptism, uh, so that way the lights kind of shine down on the baptism tank, we literally have like a horse trough sitting on our stage. It's kind of, it's kind of funny, but we have some intels that kind of light that up. So the settings are very different with that because there's so much more light hitting the, the thing. And so usually myself or one of our more senior photographers will like walk them around the little corner of the stage up, up to the back, up the back stairs, you know, um, we'll give them the little code to get on the stage or whatever. And, um, I'll sit there like right behind the curtain and I'll set their settings for them and then say like, all right, let's take a good photo, you know, and I'm, you know, behind the curtain, just watching them like creep yeah. out, like, yeah. oh no, you know, and then they get down are like, that was fun, you know? Yeah. <laughs> so it's, it's nice um, to have
0: someone like you there to kind of say, here, here, you're set up for success. So all you mm-hmm. have to go is go do it. You know, you'll probably be pretty good. So that, that's, that's comforting. So it's good to have that. A lot of photographers get kind of thrown into a situation. And they don't, I don't know if I can go over there. I don't know if I can do that. And so you end up not getting the photos you need simply because you didn't have that permission conversation or that training on how to do that part of the yeah. service
1: and yeah and there's been times where like our 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 pastor's wife or 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 a staff member or someone's going to text me and they're like um you need to talk to so and so they were very close to someone just you know at the altar today or whatever you know like <laughs> and then i'll have to have a follow-up conversation like hey don't get that close. You yeah. know? Like, but the shot was good. Like, okay, that was a good yeah. shot. But yeah, because at that, the end of know? the day,
0: at the end of the day, you're you're taking photos for the experience that someone's going to have later. That yes. isn't here. They're yes. not going to be distracted by you. They're just going <laughs> to look at the photo and go, "Hey, that's good." Yeah, yeah.
1: yeah. A practical thing we do uh, is this is especially since since. Uh, since COVID, we tell people, hey, just practice social distancing. You know, Yeah, right. <laughs> just, yeah. Uh, just stay six feet from someone. You know, uh, if you're any closer than six feet, you probably don't need to take that photo. You know,
0: that's a real camera right in your face. Yeah,
1: yeah. yeah. That, you have the wrong lens on, especially if you're shooting with like a big telephoto lens and mm-hmm. you're six feet away, you're capturing like a yeah. tear on someone's face or something.
0: <laughs> you know, it's a little, but, uh, too, little that, too paparazzi.
1: Yeah. And then we tell them to extend their arms until their, uh, palms are right on the edges of their peripheral, uh, like for photographers. And then that is typically the area that you should not be in as a photographer. So the 360 area around you minus the, the chunk of of space where you can see your palms and your peripheral, if you're looking straight ahead, that's kind of the rule that I train our photographers with. And so there are sometimes, especially if you're further away, you can shoot someone from head on, you know, kind of take that photograph, um, you know, from stage towards the crowd or, you know, any of that kind of stuff. We obviously want to capture people's faces and stuff, but in a, in a more intimate moment, maybe they're at the altar, maybe they're praying, maybe they're, you know, whatever being ministered to, or just having a moment with the Lord and in, in worship typically stay within that like, or stay out of the, uh, peripheral vision, like palms of your hands area. And you, you can kind of see that.
0: Yeah. yeah, man, um, I feel like we could keep going, but we probably shouldn't <laughs> Zach, this. Thank you so much, man. This has been yeah, super man. practical, helpful. And what I love about what we've been discussing is how vision is so mixed in it's, it's inseparable from the practical of what you do. You know, it informs what you do and why you do it. And that, in that way, when you totally understand your vision of what you're trying to accomplish, it kind of the training writes itself. Mm-hmm. In a way, yeah. it's kind of what I'm hearing from you. So, thank you so much for pulling back the curtain, man. I, I really appreciate it. Thank you it. for
1: having me, man. It's an honor. It's really cool.
0: Yeah. I've, I know photography teams are more and more necessary. I think this is going to help listeners really figure out how to develop a plan to put together a photography team. So, thank you, my friend. I really appreciate it.
1: Thank you. Appreciate you. All
0: right, guys. And thank you all for listening to the Seminary of Hard Knocks podcast. I hope you will subscribe wherever you get your podcast and be back for our next episodes. So we will see you then. Thanks. Bye.